When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Matt Jones. We are filling in for the guys today. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at KY Sports Radio. You can also give us a call on the CC Colin line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin were busy on the call for the most important thing happening in the world of basketball this week, which was clearly the two-on-two ESPN Radio Basketball Tournament. And that was happening at Seaport today, right outside ESPN's studios in New York City. They built a custom court. Barton Hahn took on Keyshawn and Jay Will. Everybody had on custom jerseys. It was it was an event, Matt Jones, out there. They will be airing highlights of it on the morning show over the next couple days. And to nobody's surprise, the guy who actually played basketball, you know, he won the basketball game. Basically by himself, by the way, because I'm not sure. Sure, Keyshawn has uh, done much hooping. Let's just say that. Yeah, Keyshawn doesn't look like to me he hasn't done a lot of anything involving athleticism in the last couple years. And I don't—I mean, I don't know him, so I like he—I I don't say that to be mean. I'm just saying I watched it. It was—you said highlights. I'll just say there will they'll give you the lights of what happened because none of it was high. No, I mean, none it of was, it was it high. Was, it was, it was uh, embarrassment. It was good job, good effort by everybody involved. Now you can imagine Jay Will. I mean, Jay Will at one point almost like broke Bart Scott's ankles with a, Is with that a move court that he always did. there. That was a nice no, court. They built that court for this two-on-two tournament right wow. in the right in the middle of Seaport. It's crazy, especially if you've ever. And it was been a half-court I mean, game for seven estate. minutes, and they built an entire court for it. They only went to eleven, I believe. Uh, the morning show won eleven to three. I I saw Max. On Keyshawn J. Will and Max's Instagram live, he was already taking credit. He was saying it was a team effort, even though, of course, Max was just watching on the sidelines in a suit. So there will be plenty of talk on ESPN radio from all of those guys over the next couple days. But there is something else happening, much, much less important. But there is something else happening this week in the world of basketball, and that is, of course, the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals are on ESPN radio. Tune in for Game 1 on Thursday as the Warriors host the Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. And a lot of people want to discuss this Warriors team, Matt, like it's the same Warriors team winning the championships in 2015 and 17 and 18 and I have a hard time buying into this idea that this Golden State Warriors is part of this overarching dynasty that everybody wants to talk about because we're what four years removed from a championship even if they go on to win one right now like how long of a break can you take and then also 
it feels to me like it's almost ignoring the contributions of the newer guys and the younger guys who have been key contributors to even getting to this point for this Warriors team. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and how they have built around those aging three superstars that we think about that did carry that Warriors team back in, you know, 15 and 16 and 17. So for me, I have a hard time kind of buying into this concept that this is one big dynasty. You know, your first point about the gap in the titles is, I think, a decent one. You know, is four years too much? I don't know. That's a tough call. I mean, you know, I think about the the Magic Lakers. We consider that one big run, and it Mm kind of had a break in the middle a little bit. And and then the the second point I actually don't think, though, works for me because let's look at the Bulls dynasty. I mean, I know now it only had a two-year gap, and so that's the point you were saying. But in terms of the players, that second group was almost completely different than the first group, except for Jordan and Pippen, right? So, the, I mean, you had uh, Horace Grant and Kukok, the first group. Then you get to the second group, and it's Rodman and, let's say, Ron Harper or whoever you want to give as, as the next one. So, so I don't think that's a big issue to me, that it, it was Andre Iguodala and some of those guys the first time, and now it's Jordan Poole and, and, and Andrew Wiggins. They're all still secondary people. None of those guys are going to win a title as the main player. It's all about your top guys, and your top guys are still there. Uh, so I, the only question for me would be the gap. Is four years too much of a gap? I just have to look. What Was there a three-year gap between the Lakers titles? The Well, with the Lakers titles, you're talking eight. Uh, well, hold on. I, I, the, it's like for 80, Showtime Lakers, 80 to 89. So you're talking five, eight finals. In they did make eight finals. That, that's, yeah, that's important. Five championships. Eight finals, five championships. Yeah, so that's one between thing. Between 80 and 89. That is definitely a dynasty No, that's definitely one. I didn't think about the eight Even finals. Even with so. the Bulls. Now, with the Bulls, you actually have a three-year gap. But with the Bulls, see, when I talk about that Bulls team, I guess I think of the Bulls like the 91 to 93 Bulls and then the 96 to 98 Bulls. Yeah, see, you I know, don't. Like early 90s Bulls, later 90s I Bulls. don't. I think of it as one thing because, I mean, it's all heads Jordan. And it's all – I mean, right. when you say – when you say when you say the Bulls, we think of all six. I mean, no, are they different teams? They are different teams. I mean, but it's still Jordan Pippen. And ultimate ultimately, if I'm asking you right now about a dynasty, you're really thinking of like two or three people. So for me, you say Celtics, I say Bird McHale Parish. Mm-hmm. You say uh Bulls, I say Jordan Pippen. You say Lakers, I'm saying Magic Kareem Worthy. I think with this, we're going to one day, the person that's going to be forgotten is Durant. Because we're going to, especially if they win this year, we're going to always say Steph, Clay, Draymond. And then Durant was there for a few of them. Right. And that's why if you, if you are Steph, Clay, and Draymond, they'll never say this. Well, Draymond might say it. But winning the, the one at the beginning and the one at the end without Durant is a big deal if they're able to do it. Well, and I think it shows how good that organization is. Because yes, I always say, like, this to me would be the most impressive one. Obviously, the first one, fine. But this to me would be the most impressive one. Because retooling after the departure of Kevin Durant. And, yes, it did take some years there and some down years and even not even making the playoffs at one point. But the retooling, the still building through the draft, bringing in a piece like Wiggins as well, kind of rebuilding, recognizing that those three guys, those main three guys are aging. But I guess I wonder, Matt, because you said that those these three key pieces are going to be the key. And I could see a scenario where they're not, frankly. Like now, Steph, 
you know, I think we overlook it a little bit. Like, Steph hasn't been phenomenal the entire playoffs long, right? And Clay certainly has had his inconsistencies. He's had his inconsistencies since he came back from injury. Reasonable and understandable, but he certainly has had his inconsistencies, and he certainly has had them in these playoffs. And, you know, even with Draymond, you have those moments. We're not talking about the same Draymond or the same Steph or certainly not the same Clay from 2016. And so does that make a difference? Because I could it see. Makes it more, I'm, it not, makes, I'm not saying Steph's not going to be a key contributor, but I, I could see where, like, Jordan Poole ends up being more important than Clay Thompson. I could I see well, that work. Okay, I'm, but I could see Jordan Poole being more important than Clay Thompson, but he's not going to be the most important player. It's going to be it's going to be Steph. But I actually think what you're saying, because I agree with you, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, none of them are at their peak. They're all right. on the downside. Steph's closer than the other two, but they're all on the downside. I think it makes it even more impressive that they're doing. I mean, this is not elite Steph. It's semi-elite Steph, but it is not elite Clay, and it is not elite Draymond, and yet they may still win it. It also goes to a point of consistency over time with different pieces. Do you consider the Spurs a dynasty? Because there's a huge difference between the Duncan Robinson Spurs and then, I mean, there are three versions of Spurs. The right. only consistent one is Duncan. You got Duncan Robinson, then you got the Duncan Parker Ginobili, and then kind of the Duncan Kawhi teams where Parker and Ginobili are secondary pieces. And it's amazing that they were that good for that period with such a diverse group of people. And the Spurs are a good example because the Tim Duncan Spurs, I mean, you're talking from 99 to 2014. Long so you're time. going across decades. And but that's one of the things that good. complicates you with this Warriors discussion, I think, is the turn of the decade, right? Where it's like they turn, the decade turns well, while they're bad. Well, no, but that's one of the, I think that is one of the complications. Like when we think of a team within the same decade, but like when the decade turns, it, it almost it complicates the situation. For The Tim Duncan Spurs, like that decade turned and then turned, you know, and they were still. <laughs> the Spurs. That may be most the most amazing do. run that's ever. That's amazing. If you just think about how good, the thing about the Spurs, they aren't at that elite level because they didn't win all those titles. But the thing about the Spurs, they were never bad. Golden State was even bad for a couple of years. Right, they right. were never the Spurs were never bad. That's amazing. 16 elite year run, uh, six finals appearances, five championships for the San Antonio Spurs during that time. So we are talking about elite things. I am telling you, Dan Orlovsky's uh, latest take on quarterbacks is not elite. We will unpack that next. A quarterback conversation. Let's get some NFL talk into this NBA day. This is Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Matt Jones. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. Matt Jones gave you a peek behind the curtain earlier, and he said one of the best things about working for ESPN and working in this job in sports radio is the sports debates that will break out during commercial breaks. Now, we almost just had one about Kentucky, Florida, 
of our college football. But alas, us going back into segments saved me and Matt from having that argument. So we'll table that one. Oh, but let's I, see. If you want to have it now, we can. Because Will <laughs> Levis is ready to go to the swamp and show why he should be a top five NFL draft pick if you're interested. In we'll that. table that one for like June 15th. You know, okay. a little right, closer to college football season. Uh, but we're not much closer to NFL season either. However, let's go ahead and had let's go ahead and have this argument now, or let's see if it turns into one. Because Dan Orlovsky, who listen, he he he's been known to right get us uh, get us started with the arguments here across ESPN Radio. His latest take might do just that. He tweeted out about quarterbacks, and he made a distinction between quarterbacks that help you win games and quarterbacks that you win games because of. If you can follow me if you can pick up what I'm putting down, Matt Jones. So his list of quarterbacks that you win games because of, guys who aren't just game managers but actually take you to that next level. So I guess the most elite quarterbacks really in the NFL. Here's his list. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Matt Stafford. Before we start talking about some of these names on the list, let's talk about a couple of these names not on the list. Notably, Dak Prescott, not on this list. Do you have a problem with that? Okay, well, first of all, it's it's kind of, you first have to – I have to totally understand what Dan meant. Like, I worked with Dan for a year on the NFL pregame show, and sometimes I don't even think he knows what he means when he <laughs> says stuff. So, is this mean, like – does this mean my team's not very good, but if I have him, I will win? Because if so, that's the case, there are some folks on this list I'm not putting on. Or is it I can win a Super Bowl with this guy, at which point then I'm okay with Dak being on it? I just want to know what he means by it. There are only, in my opinion, there's only like five quarterbacks that you can win no matter what's around them. And I right. think he's, so I think he's got too many guys on it. Well, that's my problem with his list as well. So you probably are more proficient in the language of Dan Orlovsky than yeah. I am because I've never worked with Orlovsky or not yet. But I was taking it as, because the way he says it, quarterbacks you win games because of in the NFL right now. And so I take that as guys who are solely responsible or at least most responsible yeah, okay, well, okay, for why you're doing the, the winning. And there can't be 11 of those no, guys say, in the NFL. What it is, if that's what it is, then here's what I'm doing for that. Right now, as of today, if that's what it is, I win because they are my quarterback, period. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is on that list. I'm good with that. Josh Allen is on that list. True. Tom Brady is on that list. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is on that list. Correct. And that's it. So you wouldn't have. I mean, Joe Burrow, if he's not on the list, will be. If he's not there now, he'll be there this year. Burrow's on the list for me. I'm fine with that. What about Lamar Jackson then? No, because they've also lost with him. So, like, the thing is, I can't put people on who I'm winning because of if they've been on teams that lose. Matthew Stafford's a perfect example. I mean, I love Matthew Stafford. He's a good quarterback. But Matthew Stafford won one playoff game for 11 years. So you cannot say to me I'm winning because of him if he didn't win for 11 years. Now, can he win? Clearly he can. Is he better than Dak Prescott? Yeah, I think so. But if you're telling me, I I consider in this league, now that's how you know I do the NFL, I say this league, because that's that's what all NFL people say. It's It's the National Football League. I think you have to... You have to say to me, there are certain quarterbacks that if they are my quarterback, it doesn't even matter what else I have. 
and I think there's four, and that's it. And I named them. I think well, it's frankly, I don't Mahomes, think there's any. Josh Allen, Rodgers, and Brady. Well, I don't think there's any, right? Like, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes on those well, okay, Lions with regu- teams with a regular amount of NFL talent. With average NFL not, talent. Right. Like, let's not get crazy. I mean, Tom Brady's not winning a Super Bowl in last year's Jags team either, right? But I, I do but think I that there are the playoffs. You don't think he would take the Jags to the playoffs? With the talent that they had last year? Maybe. Hard I think maybe. He could, well, I mean, because he took maybe. a Tampa team that was terrible, and then they were in the playoffs the next year. Well, hard maybe. Well, no, they want to. He won a Super Bowl, and but I mean, yeah. elite talent I mean, around him in Tampa with the wide receivers and everything. I mean, in Jacksonville. Yeah, but, that, but my point is, like, he made it to where. Do you know? Do I? Th- let me put it like this: Do I think they would be really good, Jacksonville, with him as the quarterback? Yes. Would they make the playoffs or win? I don't know. We'll see. But I think that it, you give me those four guys, as long as I have. Decent NFL talent, I got a chance to win the whole thing. There's only four of those. Lamar, then Joe Burrow may be five, and Lamar is next, but they're still not on that level. I'd have Joe Burrow on the list. Lamar, I, I can understand the argument either way for Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert, I would actually probably have on the list, but I wouldn't have a problem if people aren't willing to necessarily but he hasn't do made that the playoffs quite yet. yet. How can right, you say so I, I understand. We're about he hasn't to find out. Yet. Well, we're about to find out this year because of all the talent he's going to have around him. So he darn sure better this year. But I, I eleven is way too many. And I mean the fact that Orlovsky has you know Matthew Stafford on here. Well, and first Derek of all, you Carr have to understand. Let me here. let me give you some more Orlovsky translate. Okay, I, again, and I love Dan Orlovsky. First person I worked with at ESPN along with Meyer Metcalf. He has been wonderful to me, but come on, Dan. He has a Matthew Stafford. He has a picture of Matthew Stafford, like a big portrait on his wall, uh, probably above his, his, in his living room because he loves that man. So he's going to put him in any list like this. Well, coming up next, we're going to transition a bit. The House Oversight Committee is requesting testimony from Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder. So things may get very interesting in that investigation into the Washington commanders. We're going to have someone, some help unpacking what that means for what's happening with the NFL and the commanders. But first, a word from Masterworks. The Miracle on Ice. The helmet catch, the flu game, it's clutch moments like these that separate the winners from the losers. So in a market sometimes down 16%, 50%, 92%, who's pulling off a win? Well, look no further than this exciting market with a global value of one7 trillion dollars and it's only getting bigger in fact experts predict it will grow by another one trillion in less than five years here's the cool thing you don't have to be a baller or a team owner to get in on the action all you need is a smartphone it's not betting it's way more impactful than that check it out it's called masterworks They've already got over 400,000 members on their platform, and ESPN listeners get priority access to skip the wait list. All you have to do is go to masterworks.com and enter the promo code CARLIN. That's masterworks.com, CARLIN. Masterworks.com, C-A-R-L-I-N. See important regulations, a disclosures at masterworks.com slash CD. There is no guarantee of profits, and investing includes risks of loss. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Now, Matt, there's been this ongoing investigation of the Washington Commanders, the alleged hostile workplace culture, and the NFL's handling of that matter. The U.S. House of Representatives Oversight Committee has now issued letters to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and Commander's owner Daniel Snyder requesting that they both testify at the June 22nd hearing regarding those matters. So to get more on what's happening on this front, we bring in Nikki Jabvala, Washington Post NFL reporter. And Nikki, let's just start with where are we at so far in this investigation by the House Oversight Committee? Yeah, it's still kind of dragging along. Um, by the way, you said my name perfectly, so thank you. Um, but it's, it's still kind of <laughs> It took a lot of practice. I have, it, I have it phonetically spelled out, so, so I appreciate the compliment there. <laughs> It was flawless. I'm amazed. Um, Yeah, so it's been dragging out kind of for months now. And, you know, at some point you have to wonder if midterm elections will affect it, if it continues on and on. Um, But they're continuing to investigate. They've um, brought in folks for, you know, as witnesses and subpoenas. Um, So it's, you know, they, they still claim they're fighting to get all the information they need and they haven't gotten full transparency from not just the team, but also the league. And, of course, both responded today to the House committee's um, request that Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder appear um, before the before Congress on June 22nd. They responded saying they had been cooperative um, with Congress. So, you know, they, they've kept some under wraps. They also shared quite a bit, too. Um, and this investigation has extended beyond, um, you know, the workplace culture and allegations of sexual harassment and how the NFL handled the initial investigation to kind of also delve into allegations of financial improprieties from Dan Snyder. So there's a lot going on in this one investigation, and it's kind of just kind of laboring on. Nikki, forgive me because, but I don't think I'm alone in this. I haven't followed this with the detail to understand, so maybe you can give me an easy answer. Why is the House, I mean, obviously there's been a ton of allegations about the Washington team for a long time, but why is the House doing this? I mean, it's not necessarily normal for the House to pick up a certain business or team and say we're investigating this this team or this business for these allegations no matter how awful they may be you think it's in part because it's in washington or like why is it that this has become a house thing yeah so they said the the reason they want to investigate is to look at their workplace culture and use what happened there to decide if they want to propose legislation or find other ways to prevent similar workplace issues um, at other businesses. So they framed it as this could be useful for future legislation. So it's not a punishment, also- Nikki? It's, it's not a punishment necessary? Because, I mean, I don't know what their ability to punish would be. It's for of a fact-finding? Yes. 
exactly. But, you know, you think about what they could uncover in that and their powers. This is, you know, not all federal agencies have subpoena power. This committee does. And and that's an important fact because they can mandate that, you know, certain people talk and share details that they probably don't want to share. Um, so that's and that could ultimately lead to um, punishment. Now, the FTC, if they decide to take on their own investigation of these allegations of financial improprieties, um, they have certain enforcement powers, but not enforcement of the law necessarily. So. Um, yeah, a lot of this is kind of a fact-finding mission, a, a also a an exposure yeah. um, of what's kind of going on behind the scenes, and you know what comes of that, perhaps maybe could lead to um, quote unquote punishment, but you know the two agencies that are, are really looking into it don't have that enforcement power. Nikki Javala, Washington Post NFL reporter on Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guy. So, Nikki, you mentioned it there, the subpoena power of this committee. Mm -hmm. But as I understand it, the language seems very specific so far regarding this June 22nd hearing where Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder have been requested to testify. So I assume that that and correct me if I'm wrong, that that means that they haven't yet been subpoenaed. And is that something that we expect? I don't know. How broad is that subpoena power? How realistic Mm -hmm. is it? that they would be uh, subpoenaed and required then to testify. Yep, you're right. And I, you know, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, just grammatically when they use invite and request interchangeably, to me they mean two different things. But in this context, they mean that they have not been subpoenaed. Um, Ultimately, perhaps it could lead to that um, if they choose to not appear and choose to not testify. Um, but we'll kind of see, you know, how far they, they want to take this. Um, I mean, again, this is, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know that this is necessarily notable, but this hearing comes a day after the DC primaries and, you know, a lot of the congressional elections are going to be in November. So there's going to be possibly a lot of changing of hands uh, within these federal agencies that could ultimately affect the outcome of this investigation. So depending on how quickly they move, um, might depend on, you know, ultimately what they decide with, you know, requiring these folks to come in or just leave it on a voluntary basis. Bigger picture for the commanders and the Washington team. Every Mm -hmm. time I think about this team, it's in the context of some scandal, whether it's workplace (laughs) issues, whether it's the FTC thing you're talking about, whether it was the the cheerleaders thing a while back, all this stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it feels like everything with them is a scandal at some point. Mm -hmm. Doesn't the NFL just say, why do we keep dealing with this with Daniel Snyder? One of the most unpopular owners in sports. Right. And don't forget about the DEA investigating their head athletic trainer and one of their I mean, there's just so many that they get lost in the shuffle. I mean, every I feel like every day on this beat, you know, something crazy happens, like even the House Committee just, you know, requesting their owner appear at a hearing. These would be franchise altering events with any other team. And for us, it's just like, oh, it's just a Wednesday, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I feel, I think a lot of people feel the same way. Ultimately, though, um, you know, and everybody kind of turn, they, they tend to turn to Roger Goodell to be like, why do you, why do you still allow him to be owner? Well, Roger Goodell works for the owners. Roger Goodell, I, I equate him more to like a press secretary. I mean, he's the one that stands up there and, 
you know, he's paid handsomely to do it, um, but he speaks for the owners ultimately. It's the owners who have to decide if they want to continue to have Dan Snyder um, in its membership. And, you know, you, you hear every now and then of a few owners who have anonymously griped about Dan Snyder, but ultimately it takes 24 out of the 32 to vote him out. And they haven't been willing to do that so far. And you could plausibly reason that they don't want the ter- the tables turned on them. You know, if if they have any skeletons in their closet and they're voting out Dan Snyder, what sort of precedent does that set? They they have never voted out an owner in the history of the league. You know, I, I certainly you could draw from any of these to um, any of these incidents and investigations to to think there there's reason to vote out Dan Snyder, but owners have yet to do it and it's it's up to them ultimately never a dull day as the washington post nfl reporter nikki jabbala thanks so much for joining us i appreciate it thanks guys coming up next we transition back to the nba but what does it say about the nba that duran and Kyrie both left their former teams and now those teams are back in the nba finals we'll unpack that next this is canty and carlin on espn radio 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Here's the Eastern Conference Finals tonight, taking on the Lightning. I'll tell you, it's been a great run so far for them. It's been exciting. It's been everything you would want it to be. They've shown a lot of guts. Um, You've seen a a team that um, at different times, not quite left for dead, but not far off from it, and they have responded exceptionally well. The problem is now you get the Lightning. And the, the Lightning have basically become, and I think to give you credit, I think you were the one that said this, the Lightning have basically become the NHL's Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Because of everything they can do offensively. Like the run that they're on right now resembles the run that we saw from the Islanders in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, when they won four straight Stanley Cups. That, that's how dominant the Tampa Bay Lightning have been. And... In looking at this series, you're talking about a matchup between two of the best goaltenders in all of hockey. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky, he's won the Vesna. You're talking about him having the highest save percentage in this, in this postseason, going up against the goalie in Igor Shosturkin, who's probably going to win the Vesna for this year, and who has the highest save percentage in all of the regular season. So this is going to be a fascinating matchup. Clearly, you got to go with Vasilevsky in this situation because of his experience and the fact that he's pitched shutouts in six of the ten games where the Tampa Bay Lightning have eliminated their opponents. So really impressive what he does in the postseason, arguably one of the best postseason goalies of Mm. all time in the sport. So that's going to be something to watch. Another thing that we have to watch is the Rangers and how good they are on the power play. This has been a team that's been great on special teams, especially in the postseason. So the fact that they've been able to get that going and the bread man and Artemi Pernarin and Chris Kreider have been phenomenal in doing so, I think that's something that's going to have to play a major factor if they are going to pull off the upset. But just thinking about the players that the Tampa Bay Lightning boast, I mean, you've got guys that have been there and done that at the highest level. Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, Victor Hedman, 
I mean, they've got a lot of studs on that team. This is going to be hard for the Rangers to get past these guys. But I will say this, for Gerard Gallant and his team, the future is bright for Absolutely. the Blue Absolutely. I mean, they got a lot of runway with you're the core a, You're a little ahead of schedule have. here. They are. <laughs> and these guys are going to be around for a really long time. So no matter how the series turns out, this is a win for the Blue Shirts, no doubt. And what I love the most about it is Shesterkin getting this. Getting this opportunity now at this point in his career to really work toward the future and understand what the intensity level is of this and then to face an elite team. And and that's what they're doing. They're facing an elite team. You're right. Look, if they don't win this series, I, I think people will be disappointed, but they're certainly not going to be shocked, and they're going to come away with very positive feelings about the year. But more than anything, the experience they get out of it is going to go a long, long way for this franchise. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to me and Matt at Amber W Sports. That's me. Don't get confused. At KY Sports Radio. That is Matt Jones. You can also give us a call on the CC call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. So game one of the NBA Finals, Matt, tips off tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, between the Celtics and the Warriors. Now, what's interesting about these teams is that they had superstars on both of these squads who left. And yet these teams, not long later, right back in the thick of things here in the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant, he leaves the Golden State Warriors. Sure, they had some down years there, but they're right back in the mix. Kyrie, he leads the Boston Celtics. They seem to not really miss a beat here. They are in the NBA Finals, finally, with this these this group of players that have been playing together for the last five years, several Eastern Conference Finals appearances. They finally get over the hump. The hump here, they make an NBA Finals without the help of Kyrie Irving, who we thought once might be necessary for that feat. What does it say about those guys? What does it say about the NBA that these superstars can leave your franchise and and you can still survive? Well, it says you can survive if you have other superstars. I mean, I mean, like you know, Steph is still a superstar, and Jason Tatum has become a superstar. Yeah, so, slow down. <laughs> well, at this point, I think you got to acknowledge. I mean, I, you know, now where is he? That's a different conversation, but he's. You remember what we just were talking about with the NFL, with Orlovsky? There are guys you can win a Super Bowl with, and then there are guys like they don't need anybody else. I don't think Steph or, or Tatum are the you don't need anybody else. I really think that's probably LeBron and Giannis, and that might be it. Um, but, but I do think these guys, what it says is these are two really well-run franchises. I think that's the thing. I mean, if, if you were to ask me, what are the franchises that do it the best – year in and year out, it's probably these two and then the Heat in terms of figuring out every year how to produce a product that will always be good kind of no matter what else is going on. And, I, you know, the Celtics, the very, I mean, the various forms of their team over the last few years is pretty amazing. I mean, they, 
they had a team led by no one but Isaiah Thomas, and not that Isaiah, the other Isaiah, go to the conference finals. I mean, that that is a combination of really well-run organization from Ainge to Stevens now. And then with the Warriors, I think it's a combination of a really well-run organization. Steve Kerr is a great coach. And these three guys are really a special group in terms of their ability to get the best out of others, right? Like LeBron at his best, when he was really at his best and not kind of at his diva phase, he was really good at getting the best out of every other person on the floor. I think the Steph and this group, that's what this is. Because Wiggins, Poole, these young guys, Kendall, Lo- I mean, L- Looney, like those guys, they weren't this in other places, and that's really a testament to them. I won't give that sort of deference to the Boston Celtics, but I will give Why it not? to the Golden State Warriors because I think the Boston Celtics, frankly, is that team. Like, they're in it now. They're that team that, like, lives in the 80s, right? Or that team that's like, oh, we're the winningest team of all time. And it's been, like, a thousand years. But they like, were, to be fair, and I hate the Celtics, but to be fair, they were – you know they were they have been in the conference finals this is their third time in 5 years they they have. they they they, they went the conference finals with Isaiah Thomas they were good with they won with Kevin Garnett in that group they were in the finals with Antoine Walker i mean like they they've had they've had many different groups have success well yeah well listen if we pull the history of Boston forever fine but, but that's I'm only talking, going but back group, 15 years that's going this back 15 group years over the last 5 but different in in different leadership like you said and and i have a hard time giving that credit to Danny Ainge but yeah the last five years with this group, I think what what is notable about this is the development of Brown and Smart and Tatum. And those guys have been playing together with the last five years. And you see them make the Eastern Conference Finals and they just don't have quite enough yet. They don't have the experience and then they develop more. And you thought that they were going to need a Kyrie alongside of them maybe to get over that hump. But because of the development of Tatum is why you don't end up ultimately needing that. Because he kind of takes that next leap as a player and you're like, hey, we have enough here. And then, of course... You're able with pieces like Al Horford and these other contributors that end up being massive pieces in these playoffs, but it's still that core three. It's the development of that core three that ends up getting them here. And frankly, like that five year run, I feel like, okay, that's about right. You know, where it's like you you get the right players and, and you end up giving them some time here and they make an Eastern conference finals. They're always good. They're always in the mix. And now they're there in the NBA finals. Golden State's a little bit of a different story because for me, this isn't on schedule for Golden State. Like I thought Golden State was over you know with bought the Celtics I'm I told like you tell me a few years ago that smart Brown and, and Tatum are going to end up in an NBA finals in 2022 I'm like all right that's about right even you know even if Kyrie's not in the mix with Golden State I'm surprised I'm surprised, oh, I'm surprised that Golden too. State is back here without KD and it's such a testament to a heck of a job they've done building around those aging superstars. I'm surprised too, but I also still think you're not giving credit to the fact of how you ended up with Tatum, Brown, and Smart. I mean, look, they won a title with a bunch of old dudes. They traded them at the right time time for a great package. I mean, like, look, the Nets thought they'd get those guys and win a title, and then they didn't. They have done a really good job of sort of, and I don't want to do this because I hate all Boston sports teams. That's what but I'm about. Like this is Patri- me this conversation. Like the Patriots, oh, no. they've known when no, to didn't. they've known when to cut bait on guys, you and they've the done a good job with it. So, listen, I think the Warriors are the best run organization in the NBA, but I think there's a strong argument that, along with your Heat, I'm not dismissing them because I think Thank they've you. also done a very good job. 
they and the Celtics kind of know how to create good teams multiple different ways. Yeah, the, that's what's most impressive to me about what all these teams have done, and, and particularly this Warriors team with with those down years and then being back here without KD. I didn't think it was going to happen this soon for them with the state that we see now where Steph and Clay and Draymond are at in their careers. Coming up next, bigger influence on the current state of basketball. Is it LeBron or Steph? That's next.